ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome to the Chris and Honor Show, episode 17. Uh, you're not missing things. Chris is just slacking right now. Uh, well, that they wouldn't know that if no. you didn't plan it out. <laughs> All right? Like, you and I would be the only ones that know this, really. I mean, um, I'm kind enough to put a note at the beginning of these episodes that says, by the way, this was recorded on X date. So that's why it sounds like these guys are two weeks behind. Oh, I just put you on blast then. I'm no, sorry. I mean, it's cool. I know nobody reads those descriptions anyways, at least like not that far into it. So it really makes me question why I bother doing all of that work. Um, maybe I'll just stop. Uh, how about you don't? <laughs> Andre's like, for SEO purposes, I really need you to continue doing that. <laughs> Because if I'm left to do it, we'll, we'll be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're hinting at something, ladies and gentlemen. We've actually launched the ChrisAndreShow.com, the new home of everything Chris and Andre. Uh, you can find it at uh, ChrisAndreShow.com. So, yeah. uh, we tried to keep it simple for you. Yeah. Andre and, texted me and he was like, should we have the in front of it? And I'm like, <laughs> nah, man. We're just <laughs> ChrisAndreShow.com. <laughs> and it turns out there is not another Chris and Andre show out there. I don't think that there are two other people named Chris and Andre who are friends is what it really boils down to. Well, that's true. There's actually individuals named Chris Andre, which is super weird. Is there an uh, Andres? No. <laughs> <laughs> there's an Andres. <laughs> there's a, there's a, like 20 million Andres, and um, we just ignore them. But we hope that you guys, uh, we're going to actually host everything there on the Chris Andre Show on chrisandreshow.com. You'll be able to get our latest episodes. Uh, you'll see all the ramblings where it looks like I'm out in front as far as, far as writing articles. Oh, God, uh, yes. And I hate writing. Um, but I do enjoy uh, giving like a, a complete thought. You hate, you hate writing? <laughs> I do. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it, right. You wouldn't know it from looking at the website. I write code. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. Like, I'm just saying, I, I mean, you got like three articles published. I think I got one. You're right. I wrote one just because I was like, man, this uh, this guy's done all this work on this website. I feel guilty. I come in here, <laughs> clean up a little bit of his CSS. And I appreciate that. Very welcome. No more inline styles, Andre. Come on, man. You know better than that. You know they load faster, right? Uh, yeah, but you also know that... It's wrong. I do. Yeah, that it's wrong. It's all. It's just wrong. Because then I'm the one, when it comes back to... I'm sitting there going, like, why won't this damn thing adjust? Why isn't this changing? Something's not right here. I am a developer. Um, I care about, does it show up on the screen? And is it fast? Does the user get what they want? And, you know, what? I'm really excited about the website. Uh, we talked about this a while ago, uh, the, the choice between WordPress and static site. And um, it was a little bit of POC or, or proof of concept for me to go the static site right, route. Um, and I'm actually pretty pleased that we did that. 
You are, yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole time that I was writing that blog post, I was just sitting there going, God, this is WordPress. This would be a lot easier. <laughs> but it really, I mean, it ultimately depends on where you're coming from. If you are the web developer, you know, and like the the web designer, then yes, like static sites are significantly not even easier, but I I think like they're easier to manage, you know, and like there is you know you and I talked about how not not necessarily on the podcast, but in previous conversations about you know like Google has put a specific bent on you know mobile load times and how fast right. and how well your page renders on mobile devices because that's what like eighty percent of the traffic these days, right. um, and so having something that can load very quickly makes it a lot more likely that Google is going to be like, Oh cool. You're a good site and we're going to, you know, give you good SEO ranking, which ultimately is pretty much everything when it comes to the internet. Um, and so from that standpoint, I totally understand it. If you're strictly a content creator or you're somebody like me who has, you know, a good amount of experience, uh, enough experience to be dangerous really with coding um, to think he knows what he's doing then, but it's been a while since he's done it. Then he, then you sit him down and you're like, well, here, use Markdown. And you're like, okay, Markdown, Markdown, Markdown. And then like, you're looking up the Markdown stuff and then you load it and you're like, that doesn't, that's not, that's not right. It doesn't feel right. right. And then I'm like, well, how can I fix this? What's wrong? And then it's like, oh, you can just use HTML. And I'm like, well, damn it, Andre. (laughs) (laughs) All you had to do was tell me, like, include this block and then don't use paragraph tags and then use all the rest of the HTML that you want. And I would have been like, all right, dope. Okay, so there is a a learning curve, but it's not very steep. Um, And it works well for us because you're right. You have the... You have a background where you are dangerous to an extent, but you you can easily adapt to it. WordPress is just kind of hard to deploy something custom. Um, and I don't hate PHP. I just don't want to use it. Um, so if, if I'm being honest, it's like, if I don't have to, I'm just not going to. I, uh, I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan of PHP. I had some experience working in PHP previously, and I thought it was unnecessarily complicated right yeah and that's fine but you know again aside from all the technical stuff behind the curtain you know we hope people visit us at chrisandreshow.com uh we're going to put all of our latest episodes there we're going to take we have a corner for our ramblings where you know there's some topics we talk about where i may you know i know i definitely ponder over them and even though we don't really give ourselves a time limit on our episodes I may have some additional thoughts on it. Um, for example, like cord cutting, you know, I'm pretty uh, passionate about cord cutting. <laughs> I think that um, if anything, people, if you're sitting at home right now, like most of us are, eh, now's a good time to cut the cord. Um, and I, I do feel remiss because I didn't mention Amazon Prime in my article because I love the boys. I'm digging Jack Ryan and... Um, there's a couple other shows uh, that I probably I'll update those and uh, let you guys kind of see how 
myself and my family, we use our cord cutting experience to get all the content, all the contents. Yeah, um, I am with you. I cut the cord a while ago. Um, I think we we talked about it on a previous podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's funny because Amazon Prime is the, one of the ones that I've actually been considering cutting. Really? I don't. So I don't find myself watching a lot of the programming on there. I mean, part of it, I think, is just because I I don't love the interface. Right, right. Um, and also, I guess I've started to have second thoughts about how much I'm supporting Amazon on a regular basis. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I um. It's time for politics. I sent you an article. I don't know if you had a chance to read it about the, like I've been really, when I look at the economy, I kind of think about one of the first casualties is going to be restaurants. And I know a lot of restaurants are depending on Grubhub, uh, DoorDash, Postmates to survive right now. And they are, they are just like sucking wind as far as like any amount of profitability. Uh, The highlight of that article was, that this one restaurant in Chicago, they made a thousand dollars or thousand fifty seven dollars after all the fees they only brought to the table like three fifty six and yeah. some change, and even on a volume play, good night. So I, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, some companies should be supportive of small business. Some companies should. Make sure right now they're very sensitive to their employees, and I don't know if we're at, at that point yet. And that's kind of you're, and I kind of feel the same way with Amazon. Um, I just have a hard time breaking up with Amazon. If I'm being honest, I mean, and yeah, like uh, my my support of Amazon is much more in the purchasing of things for delivery, um, yeah, yeah. and especially over the last like several weeks, I think like a lot of people when you can't go out and get it or you don't really want to go out and get it if you can find it online and get somebody to bring it to your door like you're much more likely to do that and so i mean it's pretty much a daily occurrence that we have at least one if not multiple amazon deliveries (laughs) yeah i uh yeah i'm sure where the efficiency is there but yeah, I'm in the same boat. I bought uh, I bought a webcam. I talked about that before, and it, they all, like Google Shopping canceled it, and possibly because I've been distracted about other things, they haven't refunded me yet. So it's like, you know, everybody's like dropping the ball right now. So the fragility in our economy and the things that we call you know infrastructure is lacking right now. I mean, and almost every single you know, like customer service website that you go on right now, whether it's your credit card or it's your electric company, like every single one of them has a notification that's like, you know, we're experiencing extremely, you know, high call volumes and long wait times. So, you know, please be patient with us. And I think a lot of it is because they're, you know, they end up getting short staffed from people that are out um or because of the the limitations that they're able to to do right now but 
it's um yeah it's interesting you know that he's starting to see the cracks i mean not even just like cracks but like giant it's like gone and especially like the the whole supply chain you know um you look at the the meatpacking industry and the fact that you know trump had to sign a a president you know an executive order declaring meat processing plants an essential business to the country even though they have no way and they're not providing any guidance as to how those places are supposed to keep those people safe. He uses the DPA for that. Yeah. There, there's like, um, you know, we talked about this even prior to it becoming like national news about the supply chain. My, my concern was like, it's going to break and it's breaking. Um, the, the impact of the economy is it's not, it's not so um, grand. It's not super granular, but it's also not one dimension. Right. So when people don't buy things, you're going to suffer. Right. Forget the the, the company setup. It has nothing to do with anything. Um, I've been seeing a bunch of uh, restaurant executives on uh, CNBC and CNN talking about, you know, yeah, we can't. The, the PPP and the CARES Act is not going to help us because they're right. It's like if you don't have foot traffic, you're screwed. Like it has nothing like you're not gaining existing like or new business. You're you're hopefully keeping existing customers and food and real estate or housing have been like the cornerstones of our economy for 30 plus years. So if 57 percent of the uh, restaurants are independently owned um, and they go under, they go belly up. I mean, we're screwed. We have 47.5 percent of our like national employees work for a small to medium sized business. 80% of those people work for, um, you know, something customer facing and most of them are not going to have a job. Uh, and what's also pretty depressing for me is the fact that we keep talking about 14.5 million jobs being lost or unemployment claims. Those aren't even the, the current numbers. It's actually like 32 million. So it's, it's like, wow, 18 to 24 months is going to be the, the, the good side of how things get improved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that um, I go back to my original statement that, you know, we should have actually tried to do the stimulus in four phases. One, citizens. Two, small business. Three, medium to large companies. And four, everybody else as, as needed. Um, and we missed that. So Congress, I watched the uh, Fauci and CDC and uh, FDA like uh, testimony today. And the none of the senators had a clue. They, they did speak to their constituents in their respective states, but they didn't have a clue on what the next steps could possibly be. There was nothing provided as to what do we do next? And that's a failure of government from Senator Sanders to Senator McCain. It was all like, it, it was like, uh, it, it's like they were flexing on the American public. <laughs> if I'm being honest, it's like, you guys aren't even really saying anything. Um, it's just, you know, I don't want to say an epic failure. I just want to say they missed the mark if I'm, you know, in my ass- assessment. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I think, it's it's in pretty incredible to me 
the I guess just the the response the the varying degrees of response to what's been going on you know from people in the public and there's you know i think with like phase one in north carolina here starting on friday of last weekend um my understanding was that people basically were like you know forget whatever regulations may still be in place like i'm gonna go out and yeah we're let's have big parties and you know it's like oh you know everything's the is a celebrate good time (laughs) come on hey we killed the virus yeah and it's like uh not so much (laughs) and i don't know i just it's you know i think i it's another area where social media just continues to like reinforce in me that I don't want to be there, that the time that I spend there is not time well spent, that there is no value in really any of the discussion, or if that's what you want to call it. Um <laughs> I'm done with social media, bro. Like, I'm done. I broke up with social media on Saturday um, for two reasons. One, um, actually three. One, I don't text people that much. So, and I, I kind of view social media as a uh, kind of like one of those checking points for like getting with your people. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I still struggle and probably will never take a picture of my food. Um, but that's one reason. Two, um, it's it's a one-sided conversation. And people don't even, it's kind of like people vent their frustrations on 90 plus percent of the content on social media. Yeah. And I watch journalists do it. And it's like, where's the second part to the conversation? Or like, and I know you're limited to it, to 140 characters but you're not even anymore right like i mean you have almost 300 characters and on top of that like with almost every single you know posting platform out there people are writing like freaking you know novels and then just loading it into some tweet machine that then breaks it up into 47 consecutive tweets you know yeah i don't want to do that i'm just like yeah i'm good and then thirdly, it, it's the Aubrey kids like that probably like for me, like I was like, I'm done. You know, I don't know how to like I can't, number one, like take this input and even process it because it's just a it's just weird. You know, and I just I just don't want to do it anymore. I just like, yeah, I'm good. If I want to have like a you know, if I want to hit people up, I know I'll text them or call them. I know I sent you like a million and one text. Um, or if there's something I want to share my thoughts, I'll just write, I'll, I'll write an article. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't want to, I, I can't participate anymore. You know, uh, it's just done. I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of the times I almost treat social media like an excuse not to stay in, in closer, you know, communication with people where it's like, oh, well, 
you know, I'm sure they see my stuff on social media. And I mean, really, like the people that interact with my stuff on social media the most are either the people that live in this house with me, a.k.a. Krista, <laughs> um, or people that I don't talk to at all outside of that, you know? Right. Like, it's it's almost like it's a completely different circle of people, you know, like, an, uh, like a completely different network outside of my actual, like, my real world <laughs> life. Yeah, you're your people, right? Yeah. It's like, and I, and I, and I, I'm, like, very careful with this. Like, yeah, I, I, if people, that's how they keep up with what I'm doing, I'll still keep my Xbox connected to, like, Twitter because, like, I play a lot of Madden. Um, you know, I, I may send something out, like, just uh, randomly at some programmatically determined time to be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. And I get that, but it's one-way communication, and I'm fine with that. But everything else, I just can't anymore, man. It's like, it's depressing, yeah. you know? Um, and you're right. It's like people I, I rock with, like, every day or, like, at least multiple times during the week, I'm going to hit you up on a text or call you. Like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, it's funny because I know, you know, we had talked previously about you, you know, getting rid of your LinkedIn account. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't think I ever mentioned it on here, but like two or three weeks after that, I was sitting there because I had started to think about it and was like, what? Like, there's literally no value in this for me uh, at this point. And so I did, too. Like, I got rid of LinkedIn. And so it's amazing how I have not missed it at all. Um, and I think other social media channels are going to start to go the exact same way (laughs) where like, I, you know, I may leave those things up there, but I'm not, I'm just going to turn off all the notifications and everything. You know, what's interesting is like my, my kids still use social media, but, um, my daughter used it in a different way. And it's interesting because it reflects what marketing companies are doing with social media. They're chasing the next, the next buyer. They're not really trying to, there, there's no really no intrinsic value for people that use social media outside of marketers. Um, and, you know, she uses Snapchat a lot, blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting to watch how marketers are trying to flock to the next buyer so much. And I know we talked about this before, but I hate Snapchat. <laughs> like I just, I, and I know that makes me sound like, like a, an old person, but I just, I, I don't understand. I mean, like I, the filters I get, like they're fun, I guess. But beyond that, like, I just, I don't understand any of the other, like following celebrities and the channels and stuff on there, like trying to get your news or consume any, type of content in that format makes and now it's like everybody's chasing that you know yeah. it's like freaking facebook and instagram with their stories it's the exact same format like it's uh like don't make this worse you know and now you got everybody and their freaking mom is doing tiktok whatever mm-hmm. and i'm just like yeah i, I don't care I just, I can't care that much. I'm sorry. But that's the, that's the reality. And that's why these companies have such a short lifespan. It's because it's, they're a fad technology. Uh, social media does have a place. It doesn't, ha- it hasn't really, I don't think it's carved out the niche that it, it thinks it has in society. 
um, because you get the most growth where the most young people are because they're trying to be in a place where their parents aren't hanging out. And you can watch the, you know, the evolution of Facebook to prove that. Yeah. Uh, then it became Twitter. The only reason Twitter is popular now is for, if I'm being honest, it's like, I mean, President Trump actually could have possibly saved Twitter. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason that they haven't banned him from there. Yeah. You know, like as much as people have felt like he abuses, you know, and is in violation repeatedly of a number of their <laughs> rules and bylaws that, um, you know, they're not going to shut him up because it's the reason that people are there. Like, you know, and they love nothing more than seeing that at, you know, real Donald J. Trump. Yeah. underneath the, all the screen grabs and everything else everywhere. Like, I mean, I, I'll i admit if he says something ridiculous or I see it somewhere, like, I'll go check, be like, did he really say that? Oh, yep, no, he is that crazy. All right. He totally did. Yep. Yeah, like, I watched this dude the other day, like, uh, he, like uh, they did a, a press briefing yesterday. Yo, this oh, guy. Rose Garden? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh my yo! I I've never seen him turn and run as fast as he did. That was hilarious. At the end of that, though, like when he just shut it down, it was like, I mean, <laughs> that dude wants nothing to do with anybody's questions anymore. He knows that he screwed this up, and he's trying his best to spin it. But you you can't really sit there and say we prevailed when you're still knee deep in it and you just crossed 80,000 deaths in America. And that's like the ones that we know of, right? Again. And it's, I say we let them, let them, let them keep, let dude keep doing them. You know, like I, I really don't care. I really, I mean, yeah, I don't either at this point, you know, let people see his true colors. Let, let people see him for who he really is. Aside from that, like, cause I don't have a hard on for Trump. My wife is a Cuomo-sexual. I cannot get her to stop watching either one of the Cuomos talking. What happens like, when when the one brother has the other one on his show? Does she? It's hilarious, yo. Does it's she have so to close hilarious. the bedroom door? Like, <laughs> I just wait. I go to my office and I'm just like, I'll let you have your time. I mean, she's she is such a Cuomo-sexual. I mean, it, it is so insane. Um, and I, I get it. Like, I mean, like. They're doing, like, as far as leadership goes and as far as the ability to actually have the right conversation, those guys are doing a good job, you know? Uh, It's what's ironic is even though that New York got sued for canceling the Democratic uh, primary, Mario's not, I mean, Andrew's not even, I almost said Mario, the the pops. Andrew's not even, like, shying away from it. Like, he doesn't have, like, that, that malfunction of, of like not being able to stand by his decision, unlike our president, which is which is like refreshing. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, and I, you know, like ultimately, he's sitting there looking at it like, look, what, what did you want me to do? Reschedule it for a time when we had no idea what things were going to be like. You know, like yeah. Ultimately, the hope was that we'd get this under control and we would hold the Democratic, you know, primary, like. Or do you want to have the same uh, uh, like like backlash that Wisconsin had yeah. with like having people going to vote in person? Exactly. Right? I mean, like you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. So right. you know, it's 
And it's hilarious because Trump always complains that, you know, he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. But it's like, dude, first off, if that's true, it's not like you're the only one. And yeah, second, cool like, trigger. there are people that get it way worse than you do. <laughs> yeah, pull the trigger. Like, nobody, nobody's going to judge you if you pull the trigger and it doesn't work out. But if you don't pull the trigger and you wait for everything to fall, that's on you, man. That's that's totally on you. And it's like, for me, it's like, I, I I just get I get annoyed listening to him talk, but it shows who the type of guy he is. You know, uh, I talked. Oh, let's let's pause for a second. Happy Mother's Day to like all the women's women out there. Uh, I talked to my sister, my mom, my sister-in-laws, my nieces. Uh, yeah, women are like bananas cool. So my respect. Um, and happy Mother's Day to Chris's mom. I've never met you, but you've raised an awesome son. Um, that's why I rock with your son like that. So happy Mother's Day. Um, okay, now you can talk. This one, I want to give a shout out to all the moms. Like all the moms out there, I know there's a lot of you. And keep doing what you do. It's awesome. The truth Just is we wouldn't be here if it weren't for our moms. Yeah, well, technically, 50, well, that's 50% true. <laughs> So, just I mean, don't we forget. also wouldn't be here without our dads, but it's like, you know, I mean, they had to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, just don't forget us on Father's Day because that's like the lamest holiday of the year. It's like you get a tie and some socks. Uh, you do. I do. I do. <laughs> My birthday, I always get the new version of Madden. So, um, I've got that locked in. Nice. But yeah, happy Mother's Day, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't like, give a shout out to all the moms. Agreed. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna piggyback on everything he said. So happy. That's still, Day. That is so lame. I want to let everybody know Chris is some some black people stuff today. <laughs> it like broke me. I was like I was like laughing. I was like, Yo, my dude, what's happening? We're like uh, we've had to adjust our recording schedule a little bit. This dude was late. He was late. Yeah. And so that's nothing new. Well, that, that's true. And then I call him and he answers. He's eating food. I'm like, okay, first off, I called you back. You called <laughs> me. I missed your call. And then I immediately called you back. Eating food. With a fig bar. I had to get a snack. Man. See? That's what I got to deal with, man. That's what I got to deal with. Yeah, I mean, what can I say? I had, a, I had a call at one, so I only had time to make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before that. And then, uh, what was it? I got done with the call, and then Helena needed help with something. Oh, she needed help doing homework, so we did flashcards. And then, yeah, uh, she needed help getting some other chore done. And I was like, okay, well, I got to run and go do this. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just... It's all good. I mean, I, I know that, you know, um, I don't live up to your standards on a regular basis. <laughs> but that's only given me something to strive for. Like, okay. On those days when I think, you know, I've lived everything that I need to live. And then I'm like, no, you know what? Andre will look around and go, this is what you call clean? Get out of here. (laughs) That's your best? (laughs) Did you even try? (laughs) That's crazy. 
culture. So I read this dope article about uh, Michael Jordan. He's like, um, he literally has told people, stop going at LeBron like that. Yeah. And um, I, I think that we're just like, we're becoming a petty society. <laughs> it's like Jordan's not even like on LeBron like that. He's like, yo, dude's good. Um, no, I mean, we have, like, we've, we've become incredibly petty. Um, and I mean, like the whole cancel society where it's like, did you, did you say something 10 years ago, you know, when, I mean, let's be honest, like thing, people looked at certain topics differently. Um, you know, and if, God forbid that you are like, yeah, like I stand by what I said then. I don't agree with it now. I'm not saying it now. Like, right. <laughs> I didn't even know or remember that I had said that, you know, until Dude, Kevin Hart lost the, uh, he lost the Oscars because he made a comment like four, four or five years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, you know, most people I know that are black, we're pretty homophobic. I'm not, I'm not trying to speak for the, like the entire culture. I'm just saying in my experience, like the black people I know, the black people I live and grew up with, I had pretty homophobic myself included at, at one point in my life. Um, so it was kind of disrupting, you know, you know, it, it disrupted my view of like how, like, yeah, why don't we go to backward dude? You know, I'm not a big Kevin Hart fan like that, but I mean, if I'm being honest, like he didn't say anything that I wouldn't have laughed at. <laughs> so it's like, eh. Well, and that's again, right? Like, you, especially when I think it's it's amazing when people go after comedians for things that they said like that. You know, where it's yeah. it's obviously it was it was a joke at the time. And again, like maybe like given the current you know climate, yeah you wouldn't make that same joke on stage today, right? Or you wouldn't post it on social media. But 10, 5, 10 years ago, like, yeah, and you can't, you know, like, ultimately, you can't really go back and judge people. I think it's it's difficult, I think, to go back and judge people from a previous era, right, based on today's standards. Right. There are certain things that I think are fair to go back and judge because even at the time it was it was pretty obvious that it wasn't <laughs> the right thing to do or a good thing to do but um you know i think in in a lot of ways right we like to we like to pick that shit apart now it's like people spend all their time just pouring over historical things and then being like wow look at this can you you know and then it starts a whole freaking yeah, I can see that. Like uh, this weekend, I watched all the. Uh, I actually watched every Dave Chappelle special, <laughs> like on Netflix. Yo, dude is so funny. Um, Did you watch the Mark Twain Award one? Yes, you see that? That, that was pretty good. I like that. Uh, I didn't watch that for the second time, but it was funny the first time around. Um, it's he's just a really, and I, I, I think he is a voice of this generation, um, and I think that he has a pretty good. Uh, perspective on on how things are working in our society. Yeah. Now, granted, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, look at that. <laughs> granted, people may not agree with everything he says, but if you know, if you're being real, if you look, if you look past the politics of what people say, like he's pretty much right in a lot of aspects. And he gets to have that platform where he can say it in public. Yeah, 
you know, and it's funny because there was um, there were a couple of jokes that he made in not I can't remember which one it was one of when when he had the two that came out at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there were a couple of jokes that he made about I think like the transgender community or something like that, and you know, at the time, even at that time, I was kind of like, really, Dave? Like, but it wasn't like I was like, well, that's it. I'm done with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> can't listen to his jokes anymore you know like i was kind of like all right yeah i and i get it i get it from his perspective again right like i yeah i get it okay that's that's just how dave feels and i don't have to agree with him but it also doesn't mean that i have to hate him or that i can't still think that everything else he said in that special was funny you know like right right. it's kind of like how i feel about religious jokes right right yeah it's like yeah if i believe what i believe then that's who i am and i can't let that sway me from X statement. Um, and like, again, ultimately, these guys are comedians, right? Like, the whole point is for them to try and, and poke and prod and make us feel slightly uncomfortable at times, to, right? To With something differently. Exactly. To look at things from a different perspective that, you know, like a lot of the times you can't even approach it with, without that comedic aspect, you know, or that right. it's really hard for some people to approach that. Now, I think there's also, you know, a lot of people who look at, like the Chappelle show and think in a lot of ways, like that was just exploitation of all of these. Well, yeah. (laughs) Like to be fair, it was, it was. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways it was, but what it ultimately did, right. Was it provided Dave with the platform that he has now was, so I think, yeah, yeah, like you can look back on it and say, okay, yeah, there was a lot of exploitation that occurred at that time, but ultimately like, while that wasn't great, at least something good came out of it. <laughs> right. Not and saying ends justify the means, but at least we can well, still appreciate the fact that something good came out of all of that. Yeah, I and I, I'll be honest, like I didn't rock with Dave Chappelle like back in the day because the first time I started watching this the Chappelle show, I was like, yo, dude, you're selling this out. Um, and I'm glad that he opened up one of his like when he on his comeback, he opened up with the fact that, yo, know, I, I botched that. And I'm like, I, I, my respect. I didn't, used to, I didn't used to rock with Chris Rock, as a matter of fact. So I thought that he was kind of like, I mean, he, like, I just I just didn't rock with him. There's like a lot of different reasons. But as he's gotten older and, and he's figured out who he is, blah, 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 I totally rock with him now. And, you know, I can't be a hypocrite and act like I'm perfect because I make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, I respect myself and I can admit to where I had, I have to grow, you know, like I admitted before, I was a little bit homophobic. I'm not going to lie about it. It's just like, ah, I don't like chocolate ice cream. You can like it all day, but just don't put it in front of me. But I have friends like close friends that are, that are gay or lesbian. And um, I even have a friend that's trans that used to work for me. And until I did life with those people, like, you know, that my gay friends, I was okay with, but, my transferring is like, as don't know, it's kind of weird. Um, but you grow and you still, you, you have the capacity to like do life with people. I believe that's the, the, the secret for me is like, yo, how can you not, not like fill in the blank because of this one thing, right? Yeah. And like, just try to be okay with that. Totally. Uh, it's not a choice. They're not asking you to make the same choice as they are. Just try to figure out a way to understand who they are and, and, 
appreciate them as a person. And that's what one thing I, you know, have to do. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, right. It's just like, it's about like, accept that those, that they are part of society, right? Like right. that they're not, they don't, you know, <laughs> they shouldn't be ostracized and cast aside just because they're different. Right. Um, and it makes me very hypocritical if I can start to say that that's my, you know, my mode of operations. It's like, nah, it's not who I am. It's like, eh, whatever. Like, that's what you do. Okay. Like, you're not making me do the same thing. Um, I, and that's just, yeah, it helps me to grow as a person. And I don't want to be a hypocrite. Well, and that's, the, uh, you, you say grow as a person. And I, always, I think it's interesting because, you know, you've, that's what you want, right? Like, that's what you want to see from people. And so, yeah, like if somebody like Kevin Hart posted something five years ago, but he doesn't feel the same way now and understands that that's not an appropriate joke to make in the current climate. Like what more do you want from somebody? You know, like, and especially in America where we love a redemption story, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> the hypocrisy of Americans is so funny. I'm glad you brought that up. Think about it. Like we've been like bandwagon talking about how science should dictate how we uh, treat the environment. Right. I would love to do like a survey of how many people that have made that statement, but don't believe that COVID-19 <laughs> could actually devastate and just like break our entire country. Yeah. I was laying in bed the other night, like last week, I was like, yeah, well, isn't, isn't it funny? Like how everybody's like, you know, science should dictate how we treat the environment and, and the things that we do. But then I'm watching these clips of people from California, Southern California. They're like, no, but I've got to go to the beach. Aren't you the same cat that's talking about science? Like every other word, like, you know, why we should recycle, why we should do this. But you're totally down with like, like a, a virus spreading throughout the entire country. I'm going to, I'm going to do the nice thing and bite my tongue when it comes to my commentary on people in or from Southern California. <laughs> but I will say that as somebody who grew up in northern california in the let's just call it the 90s really um i have some very strong feelings about people from southern california wow wow the hippie state doesn't all get along <laughs> oh, fuck no <laughs> No, I mean it's it's that? it's it's insane. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, there and I am. It's really like it's one of those things where I'm just constantly kind of shocked, like I was four years ago at the people who were not just like tacitly casting a vote for Donald Trump for President Trump, right. but who were like no, this dude is our savior. Like, this is the only thing our country needs right now, and there is no one else. And those are the same people, unfortunately, a lot of them who are still saying that <laughs> four years later after all of this. I mean, there are some, you know, and I know that it's not. There's a good majority of people that, I like, I talked about uh, closet Trump voters before. Yeah. And if I'm being honest, I can't blame them. Right. No, I, you know, I think we talked about that. Yeah, like I, 
you know, I don't agree with it, but I can, I can find the logic in it somewhere. Um, like I, I understand what, what some people were thinking. Like I do. Um, during the swamp, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, the guy made a lot of great promises and if you believe that he was actually going to do any of those things, then I can understand, you know, why you would feel like that's a compelling message. I think, you know, it was, it's still hard. And ultimately what it really boiled down to was there were so many people that just hated both of them, but they hated Hillary Clinton a lot more than they hated Donald Trump. And I'm raising my hand. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And, and that's what happened, right? Like, I think if you'd have put pretty much any other candidate up there, you'd probably have a Democrat sitting in the white house right now. Now, ultimately does that mean that it's better that the situation we're in right now is that much better? I don't know. I mean, you know, well, I think... my, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to like, I, here's my new thing and I'm trying this out. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't have a stiffy for Donald Trump. Like I, I'm, I refuse to be that guy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't, not, I'm not actively looking for stuff to get upset about. Like I am on the opposite end of that at this point. Like I am trying to avoid as much news as possible. I'm just like as much unnecessary information as possible. I'm trying not to watch video. Like I'm trying to just read more, you know, like because the video stuff, I'm just like, all of a sudden they cut to him and I'm like, I get so angry. I'm like, yo, this guy, like, how does this, how did he not get impeached and like kicked out of office? Well, like, he did get impeached, but yeah, you know, I, I then, know, but the second part is like kicked out of office. Like, why is he still there? Like, well, and now it's like, oh well, since you know we've gotten rid of everybody that was basically going to stand in our way. Hey, Michael Flynn, why don't you come on down? Like, <laughs> here's a full pardon for you. Not even a full pardon. We're just going to drop all the charges, and the attorney general says, well, that's because it was all a sham, and it's like. I don't understand how when this is the guy, he admitted that what he did was wrong, knew that it was wrong. He admitted under oath. Under oath. And that somehow doesn't justify or or doesn't warrant bringing charges, like continuing to prosecute him. Like, (laughs) I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, But then it's so funny because you get, then you see, like, you know, uh, I don't know if you, well, maybe you didn't see, but then supposedly Trump got, President Trump got all upset about NBC and at Chuck Todd because they showed a clip of this interview with the Attorney General and they cut it right after he said something to the effect of, you know, well, who writes the history books? It's the winners. So, you know, some, you know, basically like, yeah, whoever ends up writing the history books here is going to write them however they see fit of course it gets interpreted as like well you know the law doesn't really matter and since we won you know aka president trump like we're gonna do whatever the hell we want he immediately followed it up with you know basically saying like ultimately i feel like this upholds you know the rule of law now i disagree with his assertion that that's what it does but he doesn't it's not like he's ignoring you know, the rule of law in his, at least in his justification of it. But I I can't understand why you wouldn't just, you know, and like NBC came out and they're like, oh yeah, we apologize. It was an error, but it's like, 
stop proving him right sometimes. Like <laughs> that's what I just don't get. Like they play right into it sometimes. And I'm just like, how can you be that stupid? Don't you see? Like that's why I want him like, dude, let dude let homeboy just do all the every single one of the press briefings he wants to do. Yeah. Because he he's a child. He's he can't keep it together for for longer than like you know, 20 minutes. No, the more time he spends on camera at this point in front of reporters, the better. Like it, it, I think it was the opposite kind of leading up to the, the election four years ago. But I think in this case, like there's enough people who voted for him last time who I think are finally understanding like, no way, man, this is, I think you, was it you that sent me the article about? Yeah. Um, you know, Trump, people who voted for Trump, who who felt like his handling of the coronavirus situation was the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, they were already kind of on their way out. But that was finally the thing that was like, I can't I can't support somebody that is just, you know, behaves so flippantly in the face of this many deaths, you know, who can proclaim victory over a virus that he doesn't even understand. I, um, I I think that hopefully the Supreme Court and how they handle the faithless electors is going to be pivotal and like uh, going forward. Um, and I think that, you know, there, there are two camps that Trump really won the election. President Trump really won the election. Or was it the was it a failure of the Electoral College? And I've been kind of following this case to a degree. And. I still think that President Trump would have still got elected. I I think and I believe and I hope this is just a blip. Um, and we've taken politics above policy like way too far right now. Well, um, and I mean, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not the first time that a presidential candidate has lost the popular vote but won the electoral. I mean, didn't George W. Bush in yeah, 2000? Yeah. Wasn't that the deal? Yeah, but there's also some. Uh, I know there was some hanky, you know, stuff with the ballots in Florida and everything there, but ultimately it was the same, you know. So it, yeah, like, but sorry, I make the point. I say that to make the point of I think ultimately, like, yeah, the electoral college is supposed to serve a very specific purpose, right? Which is that the smaller states aren't completely left out of the conversation when it comes to what the policies and platforms are for the candidates. And, right. and I get that. I, I do. I think it may need some adjustment. I don't think we need to, you know, abandon it entirely. But I think like a lot of things, right, we can't, you can't use a 200-year-old system to govern a government that has evolved over that time period. You can't yeah. use the, the same system necessarily. It needs to, we need to figure out how we can evolve it efficiently and effectively to allow us to have a better representation of the, of the people within this country. But it goes back to what, you know, what we discussed earlier. So, you know, a lot of people, like if the faithless electors had been, if that wasn't a thing, Hillary Clinton would be our president right now, basically. Um, so I, I do I do see the merit that, you know, if you're elected to the Electoral College, you should vote based on what that directive is. 
or you start giving the split votes like there's a, a handful of states that actually do, or they don't. Um, it's not, a, not an all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think there is some merit there, and it would probably ease some of the tensions that a lot of people feel about you know the 2016 election. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. It's like, eh, I, I think that inevitably President Trump would have been a reality. I'm not supportive. I'm, you know, I definitely don't agree with that after like his performance. But um, I think we just have to we have to deal with it. But I, I hope that 2020 is it is a you know a, a moratorium on like where our country's going in the future. So I'm hopeful of that. And I do believe there's the, the closet Trump voters. They're probably they're probably aware of like, yeah, we don't want to do that again. They're, that voice is getting louder and louder. And I, I can tell you, like I my my personal view on that is based on my, my own perception. It's like I wouldn't vote for either one of them, but I didn't vote for him. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people didn't want to vote for either one of them, but they didn't want to vote for her and they voted for him. So I don't think that's going to be a repeat. Yeah. Uh, in slightly related news, um, did you see that uh, Kim Jong-un is alive and well? Yay. Um, I actually watched the interview, um, the movie with uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco. Yeah. Uh, just the other day, not, not even necessarily because of that. I mean, I, he had popped up in my head or the movie had popped up in my head because he had been in the news recently. Right. Um, and I totally forgot that the guy from like, always be my, uh, maybe, and, um, all that other stuff was the guy that played, uh, Kim Jong-un in that movie. Um, and it was absolutely hilarious, but, um, any other have have you seen anything good lately any good movies any any tv shows that you've been binge watching um uh, i watched like i said i watched all the dave chappelles and that was relaxing um uh not not really i've been trying to watch this show on uh that only had one season what is it called the class or something like that it's about a, a group of assassins because, I, you know, like I shared on our website, like my Netflix watch list. Yeah. Because like I watch a lot of, I, I do enjoy comedy. I watch a lot of uh, action stuff and I love comic book movies. So like right now I'm in this real lull because of Marvel's delays. Um, so there's not really much that's kind of piquing my interest. I've been, you know, my family's been trying to get me to watch the R. Kelly story. I'm like, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I know how that played out, and you know, everybody probably, smells like pee. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not pro R. Kelly, like you know, being a pedophile, but I get it. Like I, I, I don't need to watch that. Um, so there's nothing that's really been like. I'm waiting for season two of The Boys to come out. Hopefully, Jack Ryan comes. Hopefully, something comes out on time where I'm like, oh, I can, I can watch that. Yeah. But I've been watching a lot of YouTube, like you know, screen rants and crap like that. Yeah. I'm trying to think, um, I feel like we had watched some other stuff recently. I, I, I keep rewatching the it crowd. Cause that's just one of my favorite British shows. Um, 
what was it? What was the other? Oh, so I started watching the new Terry Crews movie that's on Netflix. Oh, John Henry? Yeah. Is it good? Uh, so I, I was really tired yesterday and I lay down to take a nap and I put that on. I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> but good. I don't. It was the beginning was kind of strange, um, but it was really well done. So I want to go back and give it another chance. Um, I saw the trailer and I was like, "Yeah, if I get bored on a Saturday night, I'll probably watch it." But it didn't really convince me to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I like I like Terry Crews. Yeah, but... I do too. Um, I like I, I watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, and so I'm a big fan of his from on that show. Um, right, but. Yeah, I like him in general. Um, the other show that I had started watching a little while ago, I'm finally catching up on, and I'm like years behind. Um, Shit's Creek on Netflix. Yeah, that's funny. Oh I'm my all... god, that show is hilarious. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, super confident. Freaking Eugene Levy's kid is at just, I mean, he's hilarious. He is absolutely hilarious. Like, where has he been hiding all this time? Apparently, he's been writing. <laughs> Like all this time and just hasn't been in front of the camera. And now it's like, oh, okay. Well, he's like a hundred times funnier than his dad. No offense to Eugene Levy because I like <laughs> Eugene Levy, but um, that show is just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still haven't even finished season one of that. Canadian um, shows are pretty dope, man. Like uh, the like uh kim's convenience is actually pretty funny i don't know if you watch that that's on my list i uh i watched the trailer for that the other day um and i but i didn't i didn't end up actually oh that was the other thing that i did end up watching was this is a, a couple years ago too was death of stalin um which is on netflix it's got like steve Bashimi and jeffrey tambor um okay. but it's it's literally about the the death of joseph stalin and like the the succession you know like the the basically like the day or couple of days leading up to his death and then the couple of weeks afterwards and everything that transpired but done in in i, I want to say it's a coen brothers film i'd have to double check that i'll look that up in a second but um so it's i mean and obviously like steve buscemi and jeffrey tambor like there's a lot of comedic elements to it but it was just one of those movies where it was like, as it progressed, it became less and less funny. Like, and stuff was just kind of more like, okay, so now they're just straight murdering people. That's not funny. Uh, oh, oh, it's over. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. But still like, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was worth watching just weird, you know? Yeah, I uh, like. I think I've watched. I think I'm pretty much caught up on everything. And I'm just looking over my my Netflix watch list, I need to make sure that I put shows like Kim's Comedians on there because it's actually a good show. Um, and then I I grab the you know there's a couple shows that I want to watch that um, I just haven't really committed to. Like I want to catch up on Ozarks, uh, Narcos. I like I started the latest season, but I haven't really finished it. Yeah. Um, so the other one that I watched, um, I, I can't believe that I forgot this, was Wild Wild Country, which is the Netflix documentary about the Rajneeshpuram commune in Oregon in the like uh, late 70s, early 80s, I think. I probably won't watch that. Oh, my God. Like six episodes are each like an hour long, but right. holy crap crap like 
there are some crazy people, dude. <laughs> so I see watch she watched Waco and I like, see that's I, been I was looking at that too, but that's not a documentary, right? That's a that's it's like, like a, a reenactment yeah. type, type deal. And I was like, you know, some things I kind of remember seeing on the news and I just don't want to watch it. Like, uh, see, and I didn't like, I, I, I remember hearing about the like Rajneesh Purim stuff, but not right. knowing anything about it. And so was, was just like, Oh, this is interesting. Like saw the, the trailer and then got like two episodes in was like, Oh my God, what are these crazy people doing? Like, and then you see where it all ends up and you're just like, this is really confusing. Like, but like really well told. And I don't know. I'm a sucker for documentaries. Like, I, oh. I am too, but like I told you before, I, I gotta stop watching or, or I won't. I'm gonna stop eating altogether. Yeah. Or like not even going outside. <laughs> Life. I um I, I think this weekend kind of, or this the latter part of last week kind of sort of messed me up with the Ahmad Aubrey case. Yeah. Like, uh, that like yeah, you know, I'm gonna I talked to my mother. Um uh, and, you know, she's an ex-cop. And we just kind of talked about, like, just the the wow factor. And I told my mom, I'm like, yo, ma, I, I'll be honest. If if white people want the South, they can have their humidity and their mosquitoes. I'll go back to New York. <laughs> like, I just, I, I couldn't believe that. It, it, and I'm also upset because, that, upset's not the right word. I'm I'm actually finding myself becoming becoming uh desensitized to the murders of you know people of color in this country and like that's like a not well yeah I, I, it is desensitized it's like yeah it, you kind of you, it's like you expect it you i mean know? it's yeah i think you know it's one of those where right when it first happened there was no news up here right like i don't remember hearing anything back in february now granted there were i mean on a global or even national scale right i think there was a lot going on but the fact that there are still areas where that type of behavior is looked at as acceptable i don't but i think what 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 this case what makes it that makes it different is that two DAs were breaking the pro- the you know the due process and breaking our legal system? Yeah, and that's what blew- blows my mind. How can you be a elected official, be an elected official, and knowingly break the law? I, yeah, I mean, you know, I think you and I have talked about it a lot, right? Like, that's that's unfortunately the reality that we live in anymore, right? Is that it's, you're more likely than not to find a corrupt politician than you are to find one who is in it. At least that's the way that it seems anymore. You know, that everybody's on the take to some degree or everybody has their own personal agenda that they're trying to achieve. And it's not really about making things better for other people or helping other people. It's, you know, I want to be a politician because I want to be on TV all the time or I, you know, I want to be a lobbyist eventually. And that's the best way to do it is, you know, get them to start paying me now and then they can pay me a whole lot later. And yeah, it's just, it's just sad. It's sad and unfortunate. Like I, um, 
I mean, we talk about real issues and that's like, that's something I've been kind of pondering. It's like, yo, like, so on a lighter note, I had to change the all sander in my car. <laughs> that is a lighter note. <laughs> We're going to jump subjects real quick. <laughs> but it's all connected. So okay. Okay. I'll stay with you. I'll stay with you. So my alternator goes out and um, like, I didn't know my alternator was bad. And I go outside, charge my car. And uh, one of my neighbors comes out and he's like, Hey, you know, you need a jump. I'm like, no, nah, it's good. It's probably my, my starter's probably going out. Cause I thought my start, it could be my starter. And then uh, he's like, well, you know, if you jump, just let me know. I'm like, I appreciate that. Right. And it was, I was kind of taken aback because I hadn't like my neighbor, I live in a pretty close community, but like when things like this happen, I, I withdraw from my, my neighborhood, right? Which is, which I, I don't like about myself. But anyway, my brother comes here and shout out to my little brother. who's a bomb mechanic, you know, who fixed my alternator. Here's another story on top of that story. Being who I am, I'm like, yo, I bought the alternator. Just get, let me go pick it up before he gets here. I don't want to be like, yo, this guy legit waited for me to get here to get the part so we can put the part on. And I'm like, eh, let me go get the part. I don't want my brother to think that I waited for him to get here to do anything because that's crazy. Guess what my car doesn't do? It doesn't start. <laughs> and so I call my brother and myself like, yo, I totally didn't get the part. And I'm feeling like super responsible for all this stuff because of the way I'm wired, right? And it's like, dude, like your car is not going to start. I'm like, yeah, I know that. I should have left it on, you know, <laughs> whatever. So we changed the part. And I'm like, hey, you want to get a beer and just like kind of hang out? He said, well, you know, I'm going to you know, get back. I got my kid and my, my, my girl up here. So I'm going to go back and go home. I'm like, all right, cool. So he had to get gas. The line of the grocery store was super long. So I'm like, I'll just buy a beer, you know, buy uh, some PBRs here, whatever. And there's a cop inside the the grocery store you know my initial reaction was like i did something wrong and like that is what ruined any like you know levity of just hanging out with my little brother and fixing the car and all the stupid things and the fact that i didn't know where the hell i bought the damn part from so i went to advanced auto now the auto zone first then it was actually advanced auto but there's two advanced autos in the town i live at so i had to go to the other advanced auto i'm like and I apologize to my brother. I'm like, yo, I'm such a lame for this. <laughs> I botched this whole thing. The least I can do is buy you a beer. But I go to the corner store and I get a beer and there's a cop in there and I'm wearing a mask. And I've heard the, you know, the stories of why blacks don't want to wear masks in public. You know how I felt? I felt just like that. I'm watching the cop look at me. Maybe he's one... And I thought about it today. I'm like, maybe the cop was just wondering, like, this is Saturday. Today's Monday or Tuesday. And I'm thinking, why was that cop looking at me? I've been thinking about that since Saturday. Like, what did I do wrong? You know, like, you know. But that is, you know, that's the America I live in. And it's like, I, so to compound the fact that I don't understand how a DA could, you know, break the law, literally. I don't care how they defend themselves. They broke the law. I talked to my mother and I'm like, Hey mom, you know, like, what do you think? And she's like, you know, she's trying to kind of walk me through this. I'm like, but mine, it's still wrong. You know, like, and I explained to her that whole scenario at the corner store. And I'm like, you know, why do I, I'm a taxpaying citizen. I'm, I'm a homeowner. I'm a middle-class guy. You know, my kids are good kids and all this other stuff, but I still feel the same way. Like I'm a criminal. 
And she's like, eh. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, eh. I'm sure she said something that made me feel better, but it's like, you know, that's a crappy feeling to have in this country, you know, and we live in Disneyland. Yeah. We don't live in Brunswick, Georgia. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, was it the dad of the, the two that, you know, got arrested here recently um, was a former police officer, right? Yeah, he's And supposedly was involved in some previous, you know, case or prosecution against um, Arbery. Um, right. And they haven't, you know, obviously released anything about, you know, what that stemmed from. But it's amazing that, you know, that's the kind of news that immediately starts coming out, right? Um, yeah, it's 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 rough, man. And I I said this before; it's exhausting in Black America. Like I, and it, it's like I listen to Don Lemon and I have a love hate relationship, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. He, I have something else I wanted to say. <laughs> I meant bring up about that after after this. I mean, I I appreciate the show. I know what you're going to say, but that's not, it's not like that. But um. It's like he opened his show. He actually made a good point. And uh, and I thought, being honest, like Tetchy and I watch his show because he's so dramatic sometimes. And it's like, it's an entertainment value. To oh, watch 100%. It. I love it. Like, I love watching <laughs> his clips on YouTube are some of my favorites. When he just sits there and stares at the camera. It's, you can it's just dumb. see the disgust on his face. Like, it's it's fantastic. Like, it's, yeah, it is it is 100% entertainment. Love it. But he made a hell of a point. He goes, at some point, like, it's not what are black people willing to do for this country. It's how much can we take? And he actually, he said something I wasn't expecting him to say. He said, you know, whether it's the LGBT community, you know, like, and all this other, like, all these things, you know, or the police or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I didn't expect him to say one of those things, but it's true. As a culture, as a, as a group in this country, what else do you want from us to do? You know, my parents fought in Vietnam. They served during Vietnam. Yeah. My mom was, is an ex-cop. Most of my family has served in the military. You know, I'm like ride or die, red, white, and blue. You know, I only like apple pie and ice cream. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm an all-American boy. But, you know, what else do you want me to do to prove that I belong here? You know, and it's, it's, it's unsettling. And I don't want to project on this police officer and it, like i my disclaimer is my mom's an ex-cop and they're you know i understand both sides of the you know i understand why there is a blue wall i get that right but being a human i also feel like yo come on man like right i mean i think right like uh, a few years ago right when all of the the black lives matter protests and everything really started going on there was a lot of people who made the argument, you know, well, it's not, it's not all cops. Right. And most cops are good cops. Um, and so it's wrong to judge any cop, right. Based on the actions of the ones, you know, these bad cops, but ultimately like it's, there's, I don't think that there's enough done within that, that community itself to really self police, you know, or to speak up, when when, when they see there is you know and I, I think it's that's true in a lot of 
professions, the other professions. It's not just, you know, but that one gets a light on it because ultimately, like, your job is to protect people. It's supposed to be to protect people, everybody, not just, you know, the white people, (laughs) not just the rich people. Like, ultimately, you are here to serve and protect all of us. And, you know, like, yeah, anybody who is an American citizen that walks into a store and sees a cop standing there should not have to feel scared, you know, should not have to worry. What's this guy going to think? Because I'm, I'm standing here wearing a mask right now because there's a virus going on. Yeah. You know, like that I have a perfectly legitimate reason, right? Like, was he wearing a mask? Just out of curiosity. Of course not. (laughs) Yeah, my mother, my mother told me about this uh, whistleblower case that happened in New York when she was uh, serving, and they tried to kill the cop, right? And I'm like, yo, that's and my humility may not come across in I don't know 60 percent of things I do in my life, but there's some things I don't know, so I'll, I'll ask, and I'm like, hey, mom, am I am I seeing this the right way? And she's like, no, you're right, like you're 100 right, you know, and I'm like, okay. But it doesn't make me feel better. You right. know? Yeah, um, it's not it's not any more comforting um, yeah. to know that. But yeah, I just I don't know. Um, it's exhausting, bro. And I'm not I'm not trying to you know, I don't like to uh, disclaimer. Final time I'll ever see it. Racism is real. I get that. I, I get the struggle. I love the struggle. Just like a lot of, you know, other non-Caucasian people in this country. I get that. But yo, enough's enough, man. Like literally enough's enough. Like we're not going to make this, you know, for anybody that thinks they're a liberal progressive, you're, I would say a good majority are just hypocrites also. Um, <laughs> we're not making it better for people and we're, we're still disfranchising. If you're a liberal progressive and you're okay with gentrification, you're a hypocrite, yeah. right? If you're a liberal progressive and you don't see the value of, you know, and I can speak for this county where we, we don't spend the education dollars like throughout the state evenly, you're a hypocrite. And you should really go check yourself. Um, and the best way I can really express that is Governor Cuomo. My wife has got like, I think she's got a Cuomo poster in our room. Now. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he made a point to Mitch McConnell about the fact that New York spends I think it's like 10 times as much or they give to the federal government 10 times as much as does Kentucky. Well, I mean, because Kentucky doesn't give any ultimately Kentucky is like number three or something like that on the, on the States that take from the federal pool. Whereas yeah, like New York is number, I think number two or number three in terms of States that contribute to the tax pool. And taking a deficit right? So that means they take no money every year consecutively for the last 10 years. If you don't see the damage in that, then you're a hypocrite. So it's not about blue states, red states. It's not about politics. It's about your your policies have got to be right and you've got to treat people fairly. Yeah. Um, and there's not anywhere near enough of that, right? I, I think what <laughs> what this virus has ultimately done, it's funny because Christy and I were just talking about this earlier, like, it has, I think, put a gigantic magnifying glass, right, on, and I mean, we were just talking about it, like the, the canyon size gaps, right, not only in 
infrastructure and, you know, healthcare and stuff like that here in the country, but in relationships, you know, I mean, the people who've been stuck inside with each other that are so desperate to get out of their own home with their families (laughs) that they'd, they'd risk everybody else's lives to do it. You know, the, (laughs) like the fact that there were lines out the door of a TJ Maxx, you know, like this weekend, I'm sorry. There's no, no reason you need to go to TJ Maxx. Sales. Sales. No, I, I, you're, you're right, man. I think we're saying, we're definitely saying the same thing. The hypocrisy of what people like, if your beliefs aren't changing and motivating your actions, you, you got to stop saying you believe that, you know? Um, and you, especially to the point about relationships, at the core, you're going to have bad days, but you work it out. You know, you figure that crap out. It's, it's a lot easier to fix it than to repair it you know, and replace it. Yeah. Um, that's why I changed my alternator. But <laughs> so it's just, you know, you're right. And my, hell, my wife was just talking about, uh, I guess she watched, she watched Cuomo in her office. <laughs> and Cuomo was talking about infrastructure. I'm like, yeah, Chris, and I've been talking about that for months. There, there are common sense solutions to a lot of the problems we have. We just don't have people talking about the right thing or doing the right well, yeah, because ultimately, even when I think what what we see right now, right, is when you end up with these partisan politics, right, where everything is, you know, I can't give unless I'm getting 10 times as much that, you know, you're not you can't get any sort of logical bill pushed through because ultimately right. what gets recommended by somebody that seems logical gets 15 things added onto it that have nothing to do with infrastructure. So then the other side says, well, I don't like that. You know, those I'd support this if it didn't have all these things in it. And then they tack on 15 more things. And then the time we're done, there's actually no money for infrastructure. And guess what? Billionaires just got another tax break. (laughs) And, and now, you know, Hollywood elites are, are living the life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm super pissed with, uh, with, so uh news update i just i did update my register i'm a registered unaffiliated person in north carolina now that i've gone back full circle i started out (laughs) (laughs) i started out that way but i'm super pissed when i look back at pelosi i've never really liked pelosi like never i just felt like she's like uh she's part of the problem but when I think about the fact that Pelosi and Schumer and McConnell and all these other like big heads like bastardized the stimulus package for the United States citizens, it makes me that much more infuriated. It's not about politics can be our different approach to getting to a, a, a resolution or solution that we both agree that should happen. How in, like you I'm probably always going to be somewhat conservative, but I may believe that we need to fix something. Yeah. Now, the way I want to get there is going to be probably different than a more liberal or progressive person. But I still ultimately agree that we need to fix said problem. What I'm disappointed in more, you know, more passionately now is the fact that we can't get out of the way of politics. No. 
No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And that's what that's what ultimately ends up happening. Right. Is that people are so focused on getting theirs that it it does it's not about the you know the people that they actually represent right you know the moment that they go to washington it becomes you know or if it if they're a state politician the moment they go to the capitol and leave the people that they're supposed to represent it's like it they become so incredibly disconnected you know that it's all about well now i'm part of this group over here and if i want to be accepted i have to follow and play by their rules and i think you know, like that's where some people are right like we've talked about like upset with uh AOC right and her feeling like she's conforming more to the Democratic Party as opposed to what they felt like she originally set out to do now I'm you and I have already talked about this and I think so we know where we both stand that I and in general like yeah I think she's figuring out how to move things along without you know having to completely right. upset the apple cart and you have to like you like yeah. um it, it's all it's it really is all relationship based like you, there are things that even with you know a, a great uh way to illustrate this is how we worked on the website together right there are things where i may be not passionate about but i feel like that's a better way to get it done where i may you know concede my position because it's like what's going to be easier for chris right yeah. And I can do things, you know, as outside of it. And I'm sure you do the same thing with me. Um, I mean, you developed an entire process around me not totally fucking up our website. <laughs> because you know yeah. better. Yeah. I, 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 yeah Ultimately, but, like, safeguards. Yeah, it is, uh, yeah. Put the bumpers up for Chris. Keep, you know, guardrails. Keep him, keep him in the lane. Yeah. And don't let him delete everything. And it's not, yeah, it's not about politics. It's, it's no. putting... It's about the policy. What are we trying to accomplish? Screw the politics. However I want to get there is irregardless. Can I, you know, can we work on something together without preference being the, the, the deciding factor, right? Look yeah. beyond the preference. What is the end goal, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's what it really boils down to. And can we get there? Can we find a way to get there that we both agree is achievable, right? Like right. that's, because that's, it's not always going to be exactly the way that I think it should be, right? Or the way that I envision it being done when I first come up with it. But, you know, ultimately, like, yeah, did we get it done? Okay, great. Let's move on and solve the next problem. Yeah. Like, or we could spend 15 years arguing about the best way to solve the problem. And, oh, by the way, now that problem has completely devoured the entire country. And, and that's where we are right now, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, we spend election cycle after election cycle after election cycle debating these things and seeing no bills introduced or you know legislature even come close to getting passed because you have let's be honest morons pretty much throughout <laughs> the two houses and the executive branch at this point like i just there's i don't think that there are a lot of really great people with good intentions in those seats and i think if we as citizens of the united states really want to see change like you got to start voting oh, voting new people amnesia. in like yeah stop having amnesia like, yeah stop forgetting that these people didn't do what they said they're gonna do when they got elected and like, you know if you don't you know, if you're like me and you don't like the fact that there isn't even dialogue occurring then put people in there that you think will actually do it and keep voting in new people until you find somebody who does Right. Like that's that's part of the reason that this whole process exists of, 
you know, basically renewing our license to be our politician every four years, right? Like to be a representative is because like we we can't just let people sit there and do nothing. But ultimately we I think as a society or or as a you know, as a as a country have gotten to the point where we're like, let the politicians deal with that. Yeah, this guy's in office and I don't really know whether or not he's doing anything good or bad for me, but since I haven't heard about any scandals involving him lately, I'll just go ahead and keep voting for him because I don't really want anything to change. Or maybe the person I vote in changes something that I like, and now I'm upset. Like, God it's forbid you vote for somebody new four years later. Like, I mean, <laughs> Richard Burr was being very statesmanlike today in the uh, Senate hearing. I'm sure. He I wonder. Was. I wonder if he gets reelected. So, know. yeah, me too. I mean, you got you got to have a long memory, man. Like it's that's a that's a street principle, you know. Like when somebody like does you dirty, like you don't rock with them forever. It's like, yeah, I remember that time when homie did this. I mean, you, you got to have a long memory, and I think that I hope and pray that Americans have a long memory. I think with the president, that's probably uh, it's going to be fairly easy. Um, well, he doesn't do. have a long memory. Yeah, because he'll say that he invented a the- big memory. <laughs> very big huge but actually I, 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 huge I hate, way, I hate the way he says china man oh yeah when he said i the fact that i mean honestly it's not china yeah okay that is not how it's pronounced nobody pronounces <laughs> it that way that's not a word I'm getting so petty with this guy when he says china a guy cringe when he when he re- but he does it on purpose you know, I mean, like, ultimately, he does it because he's just trying to piss people off. Like, did you see the clip, at least, of of him talking to that reporter yesterday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good night. Yeah. I, I mean, there are certain things that I can't avoid. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to have to tune in and, and watch some of that stuff because ultimately, I mean, A, I know we're going to talk about it on the podcast, but <laughs> B, like, I, I can't believe that you could be so and and what i think it ultimately boils down to it's not a matter of him not understanding the moment or understanding how it's going to come across it's that he ultimately doesn't doesn't care yeah he doesn't care he doesn't care about anybody and why there are any americans out there who believe otherwise who don't understand that he is just so inwardly focused at this point like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you were, I, I guess, that your parents didn't hug you enough or like, I, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I really don't. I don't. Yeah. Trying to read him gives me a headache. I just think that his, his ability to act with impunity, like he can say, and like, just to falsify and lie to people without even feeling or showing any type of remorse. I mean, and I think that's what I did. I never understood leading up to the 2016 election, right? Was it was like week after week, day after day, it was some new revelation, some new bombshell, some new recording, right? Of him saying the most ridiculous thing ever that no political candidate in the history of this country had ever come back from previously. People do just was like, "Eh, I don't care. Yeah, I said it. What are you going to do? People didn't think it was a reflection on his character. Sure. I mean, how you could say that the words coming out of his mouth aren't a reflection of his character is... Because he had a show like The Apprentice. Sure. 
that, that if you think about it if if i think about it like that it's like oh crap so the mirror image of him was yeah he says that stuff behind closed doors but he's able to build an organization which was all false i he's mean able- <laughs> look if if the president of the united states only had to communicate through heavily edited footage he could probably be a great president cuz right. someone could splice it together i mean they do like the the talking obama thing right <laughs> Where it's like, it just literally make him say the right thing, but make it look like it's coming out of his mouth. Right. And that's what The Apprentice was. And how, again, how people don't understand that. But then again, there are people who think reality TV is actually real. So there you go. Yeah. So walk that statement back. (laughs) I saw this one documentary where uh, they were interviewing some students at the University of South Carolina, where one of the students, she actually said that. You know, I see him on The Apprentice and it looks like he says the right things. And then when I think about that, you know, fast forward into the future, I'm like, yeah, people didn't associate those things with his character. Or they assumed, right, that once he was president, that he would do presidential things and he would look right when called upon. He would look like the guy on The Apprentice and not the guy in a bus with Billy Bush. Yeah. And so like, you know, Hey, I can disassociate like the bad thing somebody says to what they're able to perform consistently. It's not real. You know, that was just a blip. I guess. And it's, it's funny to me because it's uh, the average American person. Like I almost forgive them for that, you know, for, for, for thinking that uh, our, our education system has failed them already. So <laughs> why we w- would expect any greater. The the politicians, I think, were the ones who were more disappointing to me. And I think you and I talked about it at the time, you know, like Marco Rubio and the guys yeah. that were running against him who ultimately kissed the ring, oh. yeah. you know, and it's just like, wow, okay, well, now, now I know that you have no spine, like ultimately. Yeah, I'm super disappointed in Rubio. Yeah. Like, I thought he was that guy. I was like, yo, he's an up and coming. Like he could probably do a good job of balancing the, the this function of too liberal and too conservative. Eh, he botched it. And he hasn't done it. And I follow the guy. He's done nothing for immigration. I'm like, you you're a clown. You're you're a Cuban American. Yeah. Like they're of course immigration is something personal for me. That's a that's an issue where I'm like, yeah, I gotta hear what you say, right? The I mean, I would think as a Cuban American, immigration would be very personal to him as well. He's done nothing. He's done nothing but kiss the ring. Yeah. Uh, even uh, Cruz, and he doesn't even speak Spanish. Like he he's a little clown. They're all clowns. Yeah. I would never vote for Cruz. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it is what it is, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I mean, but you're absolutely right. Like even even a guy like Ted Cruz that is the weaseliest of weasels ultimately, yeah. you know, bent over for this guy. And I think to some degree, it's like, you know, now that just kind of shows you because there hasn't been anywhere near enough dissent amongst Republicans, I think, right. you know, throughout. And I mean, I, I same thing, even with some of the Democrats, like there have been people who haven't, who have not been vocal enough, in my opinion, about what's, about the the very obvious wrong things that have been occurring, but 
I think the Democrats are barking up the wrong tree. Like, stop, like, where they're, they have the potential. And I know we're, we're, we're a little bit long today, and I'll probably talk about this next week or write an article about it. Where they're wrong are two things. One, I've actually watched the media shift. I see the argument of the mainstream media as an opponent. Yep. Um, and I think that's kind of lame. Yep. Secondly, I think that the Democrats are they're grasping at straws, trying to take them down outside the election. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think ultimately what it does is it emboldens his base and right. anybody that's kind of left because it, what it, it, again, it's like what NBC news, right? You are, you are squarely in the middle of that with CNN because he hates you too. And yep. you honestly, like you have to hold yourself to a higher standard, right? You can't, I, yes. just, I think yeah, you can't resort true. to Fox news tactics Right, you take it. You take it to like. Right, there should be like some hood, like. Uh, oh, you think that you go the opposite? Yeah, you I go to the I, mat. I, like, <laughs> you know, I, I know a guy. Like, we're at his house when I have a party, right? And I don't know what happened. Something went south, and this guy calls up, and he's like, "Yo, can I speak to so and so?" And my man's like, "Yeah, let me speak to him." He goes, "Yo, you, you're, you're." He's like, "Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right." Okay, yeah, you can kick my ass, but here's what I bet you won't do. I bet you won't say it to my face. That's what NBC should do. That's what CNN should do. They should be like, yeah, okay, that, you're right. You, you got me. Yeah, okay. But what are you going to do about it? If you think I'm that, if CNN or, or NBC think they're so far, I'm not a big Chuck Todd fan, but if, they, if yeah. he thinks they're so off base, call him on it. Like, all right, well, tell me how. Tell, tell me why you believe them. Give me facts. Not letting him to spout off like, oh, your news is fake or, you know, read every other newspaper but yours. And but if yeah. people keep letting them, like, I would call like, all right, bring it. And tell me, tell me how. Well, and that's, me I think, you know, with there hasn't been enough unity across the the journalistic pool. You right. Know, like, I think there's a lot more that could have been done over the last four years to pin him down on topics he doesn't want to talk about and make him answer questions or at least make it very obvious that he doesn't want to answer that question. If he won't answer the question that somebody asked, I don't care if you've got another question for a different story you're writing. I'm sorry. You need to ask the same question, Yep. you know, and, and the next reporter needs to do the same thing. And if he turns around and walks out of the room, like he did at the Rose garden, I'm telling you, there's nobody in his in his base that looked at that and went, well, that was the right thing to do. Um, Even yeah. his base is sitting there going, wait, he left? <laughs> he got chumped. <laughs> he did. I mean, that's ultimately what happened. <laughs> he got chumped. And I'm telling you, like, and I'm saying, like, don't take it with the tactics of what normally works because he's not your average guy. Remember all the pressure that President Obama got for his press corps? Yeah. Like, he kind of had to modify what he was doing to play the game. They should do the same thing with, with president, with president Trump. Like, and then what I would do is like challenge him on the stuff he's calling you out on. Like, Hey, show me a fact. And that's where he would like really fall apart. Yeah. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is another one in the books for the Chris and Andres show. You can't see it, but uh, I'm doing the mic drop symbol mic right drop. now. I don't <laughs> want to drop my mic cause I would break it. And I break stuff regularly enough as it is. 
<laughs> we're literally telling the mainstream media to take take Trump, President Trump to task. Yeah. Take him to task and see what he does. You can find all of our episodes on the Chris and Andre uh, well, We have actually, we've added some ramblings there. Chris is, uh, he's underperforming, but he'll catch up. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me get these two episodes that I haven't edited <laughs> finished first. And then, I mean, dude, if I was sitting here writing blog posts and posting those and I still had unedited episodes, wouldn't you be sitting here doing like, what, what the fuck are you doing, man? What are you doing? Where's, you're right. You're right. Don't you're be right. writing blog posts. I'll write blog posts. You edit episodes. I can't edit. <laughs> now, granted, you're also sitting here going, "Yeah, but you weren't doing either. If you were gonna do something, I'd have appreciated that." You do one or the other. Like you can't just like do neither. Like, yeah, but I've got so much to do. But you're doing nothing. Yeah, like, but <laughs> nothing is like the same as nothing, bro. Um, we're glad you guys are listening to us. Thank you for all the people that are listening to our, our episodes. And we, we do recognize that. And yeah. Actually- we check the stats daily um, because we are ultimately attention whores. Um, I mean, yeah. you don't have a podcast unless you want people to pay attention to you. Let's be honest. Um, but all joking aside, um, it's a continued to be just amazing seeing some of the places that are apparently listening to us so thank you um to everybody all around the world um and back here in the united states we appreciate every single one of you um and yeah be sure to check out chris and andre show.com uh lots of fun new stuff will be continuing to show up there as we continue to develop and add add some new uh things i don't know I'm, someday yeah, i'll come up with more We'll have some more things on there soon. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I've got a little six and a half year old that is uh, chomping Ready? at the bit to say hello to Mr. Andre. Hi, Elena. He said hi. Hi. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, folks, for listening. This is uh, this has been another episode. I'm Andre, and I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. therapist suggested I start writing my problems on my bathroom mirror. That way, every morning I can say I face my problems head on. Yeah, woo!